Welcome to Understanding Buddhism in America. My name is Mike, and this week's shoutouts go to Frank, Jack, Simon, Richard, and Sean. Thanks for the emails, guys. Within the next couple of weeks, I want to do a question and answer podcast. So if you have any questions you'd like answered or stories you'd like me to share, just email me at understandingbuddhisminamerica at gmail.com. The questions can be about Buddhism, the podcast, me, or really anything. I don't promise I'll know all the answers, but I will promise it'll be fun to listen to, and I'm an open book, so I'll answer anything you ask. Okay, so this is part three of the story of Buddha, the return of the Buddha. When we left off, Buddha had just become a Buddha by meditating on a cushion of grass. Now, I failed to mention in my last podcast that he was sitting under a tree at the time, which was called the Bodhi tree. Supposedly, there is a tree growing right now near the site where he did this that's related to the original. Can you, can we just take a second, can you imagine being so influential that people maintained a lineage of trees just because you sat under one once? That's pretty awesome. I also failed to mention that the Buddha may have had a bit of difficulty deciding whether or not to go home. Some believe he was content just being a Buddha in a forest for the rest of his life. But he happened to run into some people, and they just happened to realize he was definitely a Buddha, which caused a chain of events that eventually led him to coming home. The people he ran into were the five guys from Part 2 at Deer Park. They were still a little sore at him for abandoning his practice, and they shunned him for it at first. Then they probably shouted some nasty words or something and started a conversation because, next thing you know, the five guys become his first followers. I guess if you can make a tree famous, making friends out of your enemies is quite literally a walk in the park. He told the Furious Five about the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path, and they figured he was on to something, so they joined him. Now, Deer Park was pretty famous for being a place to go to in order to explore one's spirituality. So soon enough, he had a nice little following. The Buddha started giving more talks to the people who flocked to him, and it turned into a whole community. He started talking about how the self is an illusion, and if there was a real, permanent self, it would be nothing but the perpetual cause of one's own suffering. And if it were eternal, it would be nothing but the cause of eternal suffering. And if all of that was true, there would be no enlightenment. And Buddha firmly proved otherwise, firsthand. He taught that as soon as desire disappeared, the mind is truly free. Buddha and all of his followers went to a local castle to win over a king named Bimbisara, who was an old friend of his family's. Legend has it that they were served a meal from the king's own hands. The king offered the Buddha some land for him and his followers to live on, and the Buddha repaid this gift with a teaching from the Dharma. At this point, the Buddha was gaining hundreds and thousands of followers. One of the five guys who I refer to as Ashi was out gathering alms one day when a man named Shariputra saw him. He noticed Ashi seemed very peaceful and aware. Now, Shariputra and his buddy Madhgalyayana had read and mastered the Brahmin texts already, but they were in search of something more. Ashi told Shari that the Buddha had shown him all things arise through a cause, what the causes may be, and the solution in cessation. When Shari heard this, he went back to Mod and told him this. And then they both decided together to be Buddha's followers, and to bring along their very own 2,000 followers as well. 
When the Buddha saw them approaching, probably with 2,000 followers behind them, he told everyone that these two people had already realized the Dharma and were going to be his chief disciples. Pretty awesome for their first day, just saying. A young man named Papali arrived one day and asked to be a disciple of Buddha. The Buddha, of course, welcomed him and then began a very short talk on the Dharma. Then the Buddha held up a flower, he twirled it in his hand slightly, and he smiled. And at this little gesture, Papali was given the knowledge of a Buddha. He was renamed Mahakashyapa, and would later succeed the Buddha as the leader of the Sangha. With this event, a whole new form of Buddhism was born, based on direct experience rather than scriptures, and it would be called Zen. Now, back at the castle, Buddha's dad had been keeping tabs on him. He had heard his son was a teacher and was teaching as the Awakened One. So he sent an invitation to the Buddha, and his son finally came home. The Buddha decided it was best to go begging from house to house before he finally reached the palace. And when his father heard of this, the king felt ashamed. But after a nice dinner conversation, his father also became a follower of his teachings. Then, the Buddha was reintroduced to his own son, who was now seven years old. At this point, pretty much all of the Buddha's family began to join him. Strangers started building shelters and monasteries for his followers. He had so many followers, in fact, that the vegetation and wildlife of the local area was being harmed. So, Buddha made it obligatory for monks to live in a monastery or a retreat, so they would stay out of the way for most of the year. The Buddha was one of the very first environmentalists. Then Buddha's father, the king, ended up passing away. But Buddha stayed at his bedside until the very end, talking to him about the Dharma until the king attained his own realization. When the king finally passed, the Buddha's mother was all alone. Most of her family had joined the Buddha already, and her husband was now dead. So she went to her son and asked if she could be part of the Sangha. At first, Buddha was against this. To have women around a bunch of monks seemed like too much of a temptation for Buddha. But eventually he relented, and his mother became one of the very first Buddhist nuns. Buddha lived a long, full life that I can no way sum up into a 15-minute podcast. But when he was 80, he sat down between two trees and gave his final teaching. Now I'm going to read you his final teaching from a book called The Teaching of Buddha by Bukyo Dindo Kyokai. It's an amazing little book, and you should definitely pick it up if you have the chance. Now, the last teaching of Buddha went like this. Make of yourself a light. Rely upon yourself. Do not depend upon anyone else. Make my teachings your light. Rely upon them. Do not depend upon any other teaching. Consider your body. Think of its impurity knowing that both its pain and its delight are alike causes of suffering. How can you indulge in its desires? Consider yourself. Think of its transiency. How can you fall into delusion about it and cherish pride and selfishness, knowing that they must all end in inevitable suffering? Consider all substances. Can you find among them any enduring self? Are they not all aggregates that sooner or later will break apart and be scattered? Do not be confused by the universality of suffering, but follow my teaching. 
even after my death, and you will be rid of pain. Do this, and you will indeed be my disciples. My disciples, the teachings that I have given you are not to be forgotten or abandoned. They are always to be treasured. They are to be thought about. They are to be practiced. If you follow these teachings, you will always be happy. The point of the teachings is to control your own mind. Keep your mind from greed, and you will keep your behavior right, your mind pure, and your words faithful. By always thinking about the transiency of your life, you will be able to resist greed and anger, and will be able to avoid all evils. If you find your mind tempted and so entangled in greed, you must suppress and control the temptation. Be the master of your own mind. A man's mind may make him a Buddha, or it may make him a beast. Misled by error, one becomes a demon. Enlightened, one becomes a Buddha. Therefore, control your mind and do not let it deviate from the right path. You should respect each other, follow my teachings, and refrain from disputes. You should not, like water and oil, repel each other, but should, like milk and water, mingle together. Study together. Learn together. Practice my teachings together. Do not waste your mind and time in idleness and quarreling. Enjoy the blossoms of enlightenment in their season, and harvest the fruit of the right path. The teachings which I have given you, I gained by following the path myself. You should follow these teachings and conform to their spirit on every occasion. If you neglect them, it means you have never really met me. It means that you are far from me, even if you are actually with me. But if you accept and practice my teachings, then you are very near to me, even though you may be far away. My disciples, my end is approaching. Our parting is near. But do not lament. Life is ever-changing. None can escape the dissolution of the body. This I am now to show by my own death, my body falling apart like a dilapidated cart. Do not vainly lament, but realize that nothing is permanent, and learn from it the emptiness of human life. Do not cherish the unworthy desire that the changeable might become unchanging. The demon of worldly desires is always seeking chances to deceive the mind. If a viper lives in your room and you wish to have a peaceful sleep, you must first chase it out. You must break the bonds of worldly passions and drive them away as you would the viper. You must positively protect your own mind. My disciples, my last moment has come, but do not forget that death is only the end of the physical body. The body was born from parents and was nourished by food, just as inevitable are sickness and death. But the true Buddha is not a human body. It is enlightenment. A human body must die, but the wisdom of enlightenment will exist forever in the truth of the Dharma and in the practice of the Dharma. He who sees merely my body does not truly see me. Only he who accepts my teachings truly sees me. After my death, 
The Dharma shall be your teacher. Follow the Dharma and you will be true to me. During the last 45 years of my life, I have withheld nothing from my teachings. There is no secret teaching, no hidden meaning. Everything has been taught openly and clearly. My dear disciples, this is the end. In a moment, I shall be passing into nirvana. This is my instruction. It's said that then the Buddha went into meditation, and he passed through all of the levels of spirituality, only to come back down and pass through them all again. Finally, he reached nirvana, and when he died, the earth rumbled and the thunder shook the heavens. Thank you for listening to Understanding Buddhism in America. My name is Mike, and if you have any questions, comments, feedback, or if you'd like me to answer some questions or tell a story on the air, just send me an email at understandingbuddhisminamerica at gmail.com.